All right, I think we're good now. See a red light. <laughs> the following is a Just Green production brought to you by the Might Be News Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Might Be Brews, episode 52, the podcast where we explore the people, places, and brews of the craft beer world. My name is John. With me, as always, Mr. Steve. How you doing? I, for one, am all for John Walker, our new Captain America. Everybody that doesn't like him, get out. He deserves <laughs> our respect. I like him. I, I'm an episode behind. I'm going to have to watch two tomorrow. All he's done is what America has asked for him. <laughs> he hasn't taken any drugs, no serums, no nothing. Very and true. Everybody's down on I, the guy. I, I think I'm with you on that one. We'll get into that maybe in the uh, the bonus part of the episode. But we are coming to you on site live with our guest from Wrong Crowd Brewing Company in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Dan, how you doing, Dan? Very good. How are you? Awesome, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> I did ask you to hit that. I didn't realize it was going to cut out the sounder, but whatever. I we'll deserve just, it. We'll just keep rolling. <laughs> That's all right. All right. Before we get into the questions and everything, um, let's go over uh, all, all the good stuff about MBN Network. Check out mbnnetwork.com. It's never been easier to find your new favorite podcast. Also, make sure you're following us on YouTube. We're going live there as we speak, but search YouTube for MBN Network. Also, um, make sure you look us up on Patreon, patreon.com slash MBN Network. Uh, subscribe for $5 a month and help us. Uh, you'll get bonus episodes. Also, enter into monthly giveaways, and you'll help us make the show bigger and better than ever before. Shout out to our sponsors, Unomia CBD. That's unomiacbd.com. Use promo code MBN for 20% off, free shipping, and a free gift. And guys, right now, I, I think it might still be live. Uh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say it. Their entire site right now is 50% off. 50% and you, off. Yes, 50% off. But you can also use our promo code MBN on top of that and get another 20% off. Like, it's you can get an insane deal right now, free shipping. It's 100% THC free. Um, and it's just very, very high quality stuff. It's engineered to make sure that you can absorb all of it. Uh, it's fantastic stuff. Make sure you check it out. And also our sponsor, Linode.com. Accelerate innovation with Linode's simple, affordable, and accessible Linux cloud solutions and services. Go to Linode.com slash MBN, create an account, and get a $100 credit. That's Linode.com slash MBN. So, Dan, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. All of our new guests, one of the first things that we do is we want to hear what your gateway beer is. So think back to like when you were first starting to get into craft beer or discovered craft beer, some of your earliest memories. What was that gateway beer and, uh, and what was it like as you were getting into it? I'd say probably some of the first ones were Dog Bichette and Rogue. Yeah, um, I remember going to the beer store with the upperclassmen in school yeah. and... <laughs> College, you know, like, college, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I wanna. <laughs> and, you know, I'd be, we'd be picking, carrying the cases of Natty for the party, and I'd be like, what What are those? I want to try them. And they'd be like, yeah, you got, you know, 50, 60 bucks for a case. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. Nice. So, um, that, I don't know. It, it's kind of crazy when we think, when we, t when we talk to people, like um, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is one that, like, always comes up that That's people, like, got into. But um, when did you start? 
like start to realize that um, craft beer might become a job for you? I would say, I mean, for a while I was kind of wandering, didn't really know, you know, what I was doing. I was a bio major and okay. I was getting into craft beer, hadn't really thought about it as a career yet. And I went to Dogfish's uh, brew pub probably around 15 years ago. Yeah. Wow. And uh, was just kind of sitting there and I was like, everything that they're creating, that's what I want to do is, yeah. is create things people never had before. Nice. Well, um... We've got a few beers here that are sitting around, and I think I think the smart thing to do for the palate would probably go Pilsner Sour Double IPA, don't you think? Besides the fact that I'm halfway through the Pilsner. Yeah, <laughs> that too. I'm going to try, if anybody can see, this is a legend of the brew house, and I'm pretty sure I'm just going to end up eventually knocking some glasses over into the, uh, into the brew house. From the angle, I don't think that people can tell we're on like the second level here. Yeah. So John could theoretically kill somebody <laughs> it could happen it, it could happen live but um yeah let's 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 talk about the pilsner quick um you know is there anything you know special about what you're putting into it the grains the hops and and the, the process at all well i mean parts of it are very typical for a german style pills parts of it kind of exclude it from even being considered that um it's it's all German malts, a very traditional yeast. Uh, what we really wanted was something with that hot bitterness. But you know, German style pilsners on the low end are around four seven, four eight. Sure. And we wanted something closer to four percent that you know we really could um, could you know even more sessionable than a pilsner. You know, if your body's processing like that four percent drink, then yeah, right. The difference between four one to four eight is actually a lot bigger as they catch up on you. Sure. So, so uh, this is this is our flagship, the Burrow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's actually dry hopped with the German hop, but kind of one of the nouveau German hops is uh, Hallertau Blanc. Mm-hmm. It's kind of Germany's version of Nelson Savine, kind of. Sure, is one way you could describe it. But okay. uh, so it's perfumey, you know. So it's but it's still a German hop. Um, so it's kind of our take on it. Uh, but this is this is our flagship. We're canning it for the first time on Tuesday, so we're really excited. Yeah, very cool. I, I like that that can be in cans because I could see a lot of those going down during the summer. Uh, when I first saw that it was like a 4.0 pills, I was like, is it going to have the flavor? Is it going to be thin? It's it's given me all the flavor I want from a pills. The hoppiness is there. The slight bitterness is there. It's really tasty. Great job. Yeah, I, I love the, um, the, the flavor, the... Um the malt, the hops, everything's there and very, um, very smooth. So I, I feel like it just nothing stands out too much. So it, it just you could drink this easily all day. But even you know somebody that's not a craft beer fan could probably crush these all the time. And then people that are nerds like us uh, will you know appreciate the hops and everything. That, that's that's very good. I, I could easily, especially with the summer and oh, that's like summer. the weather's been yeah. Oh my goodness! I could crush these things. If I had to cr- cut my own grass, that would be a good <laughs> grass cutting beer. <laughs> I saw those guys in your neighborhood. I'm like, are they are they are they doing all that stuff for you? I pay an HOA people. Yeah. I don't just have <laughs> servants putting in the mulch. <laughs> besides the kids, right? So, um, b- before wrong crowd, uh, what were you what were you doing? What was your job? You know, b- before you actually got started in this. So I was. I guess a nice way to put it, in and out of college a bunch of times. Right. And uh, when I was, well, when I was in and out, I was uh, working in the restaurant industry mm-hmm. uh, basically since I was 18. And 
times got into a few um, grunt jobs in some breweries in my early 20s. Um, and then yeah. one of the last times I got out of school, I uh, was looking for a brewing job and a local beer bar. I'm from media and the, the local uh, bar was opening a store. So I managed that for six years and kind of got out of brewing and always kind of knew I was going to get back into it. So about four or five years ago, uh, left there, started Ron Crowd as a nano brewery, actually, in Bryn okay. Mawr. Nice. So that started in Bryn Mawr is, was here, Westchester, your next stop? Yep. So, uh, you know, wasn't kind of in the, the exact plan, but th- that's how it turned out. I lived in Westchester 10 years ago, absolutely loved it. You know, it's kind of like a big version of media, younger, you know, louder. So I, I really fell in love with it when I was out here. So uh, when the opportunity came to come back out here, we were really excited. Nice. So what what is that decision like when you're, you know, working another job and you're, you're trying to like actually make that jump to opening your own place? What goes into that thought process and, and actually being able to make that jump? I mean, for me, it, it almost even didn't feel like a decision. It was something I always felt like I needed to do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I when I realized that was what I wanted to do, um, just kind of feeling like I had a purpose for once. Right, yeah. meant so much to me. I never really lost focus of that. took a lot longer than I mm-hmm. expected to, um, you know, and we had a lot of... A lot of times I kind of thought the dream was going to be over, but, but now we're here. So. Yeah. So when did this actual location open? Uh, we canned uh, the beginning of November, our first beers, and then we opened on Friday the 13th um, in November. Of 2020? Of 2020, yep. Yeah. Why in the earth would you open anything during COVID? <laughs> well... I mean, the the other option was to pack it up and go home, I guess. So, um, and we we were already pretty heavily invested by the time COVID hit. We were we were in the middle of construction. Uh, this building was a shell. There was nothing here. And then when COVID hit, all the floors were dug up for all the plum new plumbing. They already weren't doing inspections, so we couldn't fill it back up. Uh, We'd been storing all the brewing equipment in Canada for a few months because we were running behind, you know, a little bit already. And they were like, look, we need these trucks back. This stuff's coming. And, you know, <laughs> to get the riggers to take off, uh, take everything off, it's yeah. like eight grand at oh, least. Geez. Yeah. So they needed the trucks back. And uh, I took pictures of all the holes by the doors and stuff. They were five feet wide and six feet deep. Well, drainage. I was like... You guys want to check this out? And they were like, oh, we're fine. And then like two days before the trucks got here from the western coast of Canada, they showed up and they called me and they were just like, oh, yeah, it's not, none of this is coming in. Like the whole place is dug up. And I was like, no, it's it's coming. I'm not paying you know, yeah. 15, 20 grand to get it loaded and unloaded. So we ended up, the cheapest option ended up being taking down the whole store front of the uh, front window around the doors and bring everything up the front, even though we've got that giant bay door right, yeah, right there. Those tanks have never been through that bay door. Holy crap. That's crazy. Yeah, so. That's insane. So you had to rip out the front, yep. bring them in that way. Yeah, it was like a four-day process. They they ripped everything out. They put up a temporary wooden wall. And then right before the trucks would show up, we'd take the wall down, bring everything in from that truck, put it back up, 
next day, come in in the morning at like, you know, five in the morning. Right. Break it down. Break down, put it back up. So, wow. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm kind of joking about saying why would you open during COVID, but I, I commend all the breweries that I know that that made it through COVID. Uh, the the way people adapted and as you're talking about adapting is definitely <laughs> what you guys did is i thought just incredible the way the the brewing community handled everything that went down so talk about where we are in westchester um you know as far as i, I don't know westchester that well i mean i come in every once in a while and go to dinner or go out and meet some people at bars and i usually find a parking garage and google where i'm going so i don't know the borough that well but describe to people where you are and what made you choose this location in, in, as far as where it is in the borough. Yeah, so our plan had always been to find some space in an industrial area. We had three uh, sites that we we had plans drawn up for. We were on the eve of signing a, you know, a lease on. Mm-hmm. And the day we went to the table to sign the lease, it fell apart. Wow. It happened over and over. One day it happened on Christmas Eve. One year it happened on Christmas Eve. Oof. And all of those sites were about a mile outside of town in industrial parks with no foot traffic. And uh, we just said, you know, hopefully the beer's good enough. Uh, you know, and after all those places fell through, we were kind of on like our last, like, you know, wondering, is this really meant to be or not? And we, uh, this place just fell into our lap. It's, um, it's a, we're on Hannum. We're a block off of Gay Street and New. Uh, at the bottom of the, there's like a hill with the parking lot there. Yep. Um, it's but, nice uh, that there's a parking lot right here. Yeah, it's free nights and weekends. That it's perfect. Yeah, that's so. that's a that's perfect. And what was it? The beer mill. Yeah, the beer mills is like beer mills yeah, you can see right across the street. Pretty yeah, we much. make our deliveries even if it's a keg over our shoulder. To I was them. About to yeah. say, you just roll a keg <laughs> right down the hill and it's there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, being new, um, a newer brewery. And I want to give a shout out to Devin Mack because he actually submitted this question to us. But what is it like being a newer brewery trying to gain a share of the oversaturated beer market? Do you do you consider it oversaturated for one? And then, you know, how are you, how do you what's your plan or, or how do you plan to, you know, um, get, get a market share? Well, I mean, if you're looking at this market 10 years ago, then yeah now it's saturated if you look at a lot of the other markets with that have a lot more local breweries we have a lot of room for for more local beer especially if it's good um you know i've heard a lot of people say over the years you know there's always room for more good beer and um it's it's definitely more challenging especially when all the bars are shut down you know there's less taps and uh and less people going out to drink it um but I think we, we've got a really good team that's spreading the word, the beers. You know, I was expecting it to maybe take a little longer to get to this level that we're at now with everything and, and dialing in our system. So I was ex- I was expecting more uh, growing pains as far as getting getting our beer to where, you know, I was really proud of it. And um, that's, that, awesome. that's, that's helped the sales side of things. But, no, I mean, I, I think uh, a lot of the more mature markets that are smaller towns around the country that, have 10 breweries even though the town's the size of westchester they just you know they don't distribute as much but um but no we, you know we've only got a few breweries here and i and i think uh you know we're we're really getting the getting the beer out there 
it's a nice mix in Westchester because you do have a, there's a couple breweries around, but it's mainly restaurants and bars. You got that kind of scene, mm-hmm. and you you're right in walking distance from the heart of all that. So I think you're going to get a nice flow of people. And just this week, I guess it was bar seats are back open. Yep. So it gives you a lot more options to come in and sit down and grab a brew, and you don't have to buy food with it now. Yeah. If now so opening during the pandemic, you you kind of you know do you think that was easier because you kind of knew I don't want to say easier but imagine if you're starting right before it happened and then all of the rules changed and everything that happened I think we had a, a decent grasp on how to do business and everybody knew what they needed to do to go out to eat and and, and how things were, were operating at least do you think that helped you at all when you actually opened your doors the first time and um, you know, were you expecting to just have to put cans out versus actually putting people, you know, sitting people down and pouring drafts? Yeah, I mean, probably one of the, the biggest challenges as far as how, uh, you know, the opening and the closing around the holidays affected us was I didn't know if, you know, if I kegged everything off, is it just going to sit in my walk-in because uh, all the bars are closed? Or if I can everything off, then and everything does open up because they, they really didn't give you a lot of heads up. Um, you know, are we are we going to be sitting on three hundred cases of cans and nothing to to send to bars? And right. it was kind of tiptoeing that line, and, and uh, you know the uncertainty was something we we definitely had to get through. Um, you know, having more capacity would have would have helped us. I think. Uh, just with with so many moving parts and and getting into it, it was probably helped me a little bit that that we were restricted in what we could do. It would have been nicer to to not have that problem, but but uh, you know there was there was positive parts, but not financially. Yeah, right. So, what about um, distribution? Because like I think one of the first times that I had your beers, I um, I think I saw it at Exton Beverage, and I was like, man, I just I haven't had a chance to go here yet. And I've been really excited to try it. I grabbed, you know, probably a couple four packs. And um, shout out to Dave because I think he he submitted this question to us. But distro is so huge now. Um, how do you handle the dynamic of keeping fresh beer in dis- distro, but also the tap sales and on-site can sales? And uh, are you self-distributing? So we are self-distributing. Um, our sale right now we have one sales guy, and uh, he's also one of our brewers. Okay, so yep. he knows the product as well as I do. Um, you know, he, he's real knowledgeable as uh, Scott. And uh, we both have a lot of experience on the retail side. Mm-hmm. Uh, managing the retail side is mostly uh, dealing with your suppliers. You know, it's, it's sure. kind of if you're managing a store, that's that's probably your most important job is, is if, especially in a high volume craft beer, sto- you know, store. Yep. So he has a lot of experience with that and and so do i so uh uh it's challenging but i I think i think we've done a solid job you know yeah you probably have a better handle on it than than most people because i you know especially i got i i always think about this that when i walk into a place like exton beverage or or thorndale beverage or even a nice craft beer place that's got 15 20 taps right how many people are they dealing with to buy beer from 
and, and, and how much can you actually put on the shelves and how many times do you have to turn people away or you really like the guy and you want to buy something from him? I mean, you, you, you had to deal with that at, at your previous life, right? Yeah. So I mean, you were doing that all the time and, and trying to manage what comes in, who you deal with, who you, you know, can get. Or if you get something really special, that means you have to turn away the local guy one week or whatever. Yeah. So I would, you know, for about six years, I, I was managing what, what we were bringing in and uh, at the time there were seven wholesalers and then maybe another half dozen breweries that were self-distributing. Okay. And, you know, now a few of those distributors have bought other ones, but four more opened up. So it's more like nine. Okay. Somewhere around there. Yep. And then there's, you know, 30 breweries maybe that might be self-distributing yeah but i mean every distributor's adding on how many more product lines you know what i mean as more and more people are 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 getting out to our area i think we have one of the hottest beer um markets in the country i mean everybody around the country has you know the southeast phil or you know southeast pennsylvania philadelphia market on their list to eventually get you know toppling goliath and trillium and other half and all those those giant names that are, you know, on the top of the untapped lists and things are, are all trying to get into our market. We're, we're big boozers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We like our drinks. It's the easy way to put it. Yep. Well, when Russian River said, you know, this is the only place east of Colorado we're going to go and, and uh, you know, Alchemist was yep. hitting up Philly before anyone else, you know, in the Mid-Atlantic region or Southern yeah. Cigar City. I mean, oh, yeah, it yeah. kind of became a, look, you want to distribute you know nationally or regionally like let's see how you do in philly and everyone kind of got talked into coming out here and seeing how they match up against against because the distribution here is great yeah oh for sure so i mean i guess that like i guess the point i'm trying to make is you probably have a great grasp on after dealing with vendors and distributors and breweries as a buyer you, you it's just you take that experience with you when you're going in to talk to people to try to get your beer on the shelves and on tap and things like that. Yeah. I mean, really you, you have to have a good, uh, grasp of, of what are these guys, you know, want to sell from, you know, buy from you so they can sell it. And, you know, right now the answer is really new England IPAs some you know, our Pilsner, I think it's going to do well as well, but, but, you know, something real juicy that, that, you know, tries to stand up against the best of them is, is that's the easiest way, you know, sale we can make right now. Sure. And then, you know, there's plenty of stuff. I've got a Hellespot going right now nice. and having Scott as a brewer and as a sales guy keeps him from killing me for brewing like a dark mild and a Hellespot that, that I'm asking him to go out and sell it. Cause at least he gets to brew it. And, you know, those are, you know, especially like a Hellespot or a Rauchbach we got coming up or the brewers are going to be, drinking most of those but uh but you know they'll be tough sales but at least he gets to brew them so uh we definitely balance you know what do we really want to brew even if it's not you know just to be us and not just a financial decision and uh balancing that with what's what's do we want to brew and is going to pay the bills you really walked into one of my questions because when i saw you guys start putting out cans it was like ipa pale ale and 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 in my heart i'm being completely honest with you i was like God, I hope they just don't do 15 different IPAs and that's it. And then I look at the tap list, and your tap list definitely has a variety of... You guys have an English mild on. You guys have some sours on. You have the Pilsner that we just had. You also skew a little experimental, which you have the uh, 
the Bach with the candy bar in it. Tell us about that one a little bit. So that's got uh, cold brew coffee from my favorite um, coffee shop back in Swarthmore. Um, and then uh, it's aged on cacao nibs and vanilla beans. And we brewed this uh, as a nano brewery at the time with lactose. And then um, it was a cream ale then. And um, uh, we, we did it this time. This was our, we just released this Friday. And uh, it, it was, the flavor profile I was going for, there, there's a candy bar in Canada called a Coffee Crisp. And it's kind of like a coffee Kit Kat. And that was kind of the balance between those flavors that I was going for, but, but in something we could drink. And when we made it before, it was kind of at the height of the lactose craze. So, yeah. so that version had that. So we, we got rid of that and we switched it over to a, like a Golden Bach instead. Well, I, I would love to see that variety on a tap list. Don't, uh, and I always see it as like the one for them, one for us kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Lots of lots of actors will do that. Yeah. They'll do one big blockbuster, maybe two, yep. and then they do, do the little art house film. Yep. And yeah. I think that's a good <laughs> recipe to get into because you're going to pull in the geeks mm-hmm. like us, but you're also going to get into the more casuals. I don't, I'll say it that way. Not that it's a bad thing. Money's money. Yeah. But I think that's a good recipe to, to keep pushing things forward. And this guy right here, I was worried when I... When you talked about it, and I was a little worried when I smelled it. I was worried it was going to be too overpowering, but there's a balance to this, which is is really well done. So what is this called, and what's in it? This is called Plum Surprise. It's uh, Italian plum puree, and then in a kettle sour. And then we aged it with, um, conditioned it on fresh rosemary and a little bit of dried rosemary to give it a little bit of a complex fresh and dried yeah so, so the, 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 the nose on it is definitely rosemary but it's also like i'm like perceiving like a mint or something too that's kind of coming off of yeah, it i think that was coming more from the dried yeah when i smelled it i i really got that rosemary and i was like man is this just going to be like eating a mouth of leaves like you I didn't, didn't look excited for this i didn't one. want that <laughs> But then when I tried it, it's the rosemary is definitely there, but it's not overpowering. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The sweetness from the plum really rounds everything out, and the tartness it's not overly tart. It's a very unsoured sounds wrong, but it's it's lower on the tartness scale to me, um, and I think it just rounds really well, and it it all works well together. Yeah, when when you smell it, I'm expecting to taste like a candy cane and a uh, and a Christmas tree at the same time. But you don't get any of that. No. It's it's crazy how this tastes completely like a sour. It's all plum sour that I get. And there's just this, like, background noise of um, of the rosemary that's, like, that's kind of just hanging out but not, like, overpowering at all. I'm not really getting it a ton on my palate at all except, like, it just kind of lingers there. And you, and you could call it out. But, like, it's one of those ones that it does not taste at all like it smells no. to me. No, it's 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 there, but it's it's like rounded is the best descriptor I can come up with. Yeah, I would say the inspiration for this. I mean, it had uh, Tilkin Cash be a plum sour that that kind of got me into making a plum sour in the first place. And before I, I kind of went to that, I was I was like, well, what what else can I do with this? And back in my bartending days, I had made uh, some cherry bitters with rosemary. Mm. And I was looking through some notes and, and trying to see what, what I could do with the plum. And I was thinking stone fruit 
um, you know, cherry's pretty not too far off the plum. And I was like, plum might might even do better with that. So yeah, that's crazy. I'm I'm actually really blown away by the taste of this thing because this is a delicious sour. It's delicious. And you just think it's going to have all this pine. I can't get over it. Like, I'm actually blown away how great this tastes when it's got a nose like that. So the kettle sours are kind of in vogue right now. How do you steer into, steer away from? What do you feel about the beer trends? Do you, do you see it as kind of an opportunity to say, well, I can put my spin on it this way? Yeah, I, I like... Um I like looking at what people are brewing and and really kind of going, is, is that a fad and everyone's kind of trying it out? Or is that a trend? Is that something that really gives what uh, everyone already wants and no one knows that that's what they wanted? Yeah. So when, when, when Session IPA came out, mm-hmm. you know, someone realized you can get uh, a plenty of hops and it doesn't increase the alcohol and you can get that fix and you can have a bunch of them. And that was, you know, I kind of knew that was going to be a trend. And the New England, uh, when that became big, it's like you got all this flavor and no one really cares about the bitter. Not no one, but but a lot of people don't, That you know, they want that fruitiness. So, you know, I, I like to think about what do people really want out of a beer, you know, and they don't know it yet. And uh, that's the inspiration for a lot of our recipes anyway. How, how much, um, how, how much like... I don't know, trial errors, trial and error is not the right word, but like, you know, I, I guess that is like how much trial and error was there as you're trying to get started and maybe at, at your nano brewery stage, um, testing recipes. And then, you know, do, do you still have like test batches that you make before you scale up or, or do you know, do you think you've dialed things in enough over the time that you feel pretty confident about a batch and it can still be a test batch, but it's enough that you can brew and, and put on the put on tap here. I, I would say starting as a nano was probably pretty good. Uh, our trial and error ratio, if it was here what it was at the nano brewery, I'd probably be out of a job right now. Um, <laughs> right. You know, but uh, no, we we uh, I'm kind of at the point now where I kind of have to hit everything right. But we do still have our, our old system for the nano as a pilot system. So we're going to get our other brewers working on that. And, uh, you know, I've always really felt like you can't, you can't do anything being afraid to, to fail. And I've failed, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of times. And, uh, you know, maybe I'm at the point now where, where, uh, I, I, I can't afford to, but at least I'm not afraid to, to really mess something up. Uh, and this, Things just keep working out for me. <laughs> that's, so that's a good thing. It's probably better to be lucky than good. If, I, if you told me that you never had any mistakes, I would fear where you are as a brewer. Right. You have to have bad beers to know what your good beers are. Yeah. You, you have yeah. to go through that. See, any cook has to cook something and say, wow, I messed that up. That's not really good. Now, I'm not saying they have to serve it to 700 people. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they have to do... 15 kegs of it yeah well david david chang did like a ted talk and Mm -hmm. and was talking about letting his sous chef just go put some stuff on the menu for the first time and just let it be awful and let him fall flat on his face and just be like you know this is it might hurt our, our you know restaurant's reputation for a night or two but he needs to go through that for this restaurant to grow and um you know i'm excited to to be able to put 
other brewers in that position here at some point. Man, I haven't seen that, but I love David Chang. Like everything that That's I've great. seen him on all the shows and you know follow him on social media and stuff. Yeah. Have you done uh, listen to the podcast? The nope. uh, podcast on the Ringer. No, they don't pay us. No, we'll have to check that out. Let's see what what else comes in for questions. But um, Evan's got a question there for oh, you on he? your. Uh, he wants to know what your Nano Pilot setup is, and Evan's a big home brewer, so you can get a little technical with him for a couple seconds and okay, not shoot so, over his head. It was, uh, it's three Blickman burners. It's actually right over your shoulder up there on top of our cold box. Oh, yep. I see it over there. And uh, so it's a, thir- it's a 30 gallon uh, Blickman mash ton and then two 30 gallon kettles that um, were a cheaper brand. But, uh, but yeah, it was thir- thir- 30 gallon. So we would brew three times on the 30 gallon kettle and get two barrels. And we had eight. 85 gallon fermenters so that was enough headspace to ferment two barrels so i would i would come in i'd brew three batches and uh and it was day. it was very miserable <laughs> um and then you know uh and we do two barrel batches and, and that's kind of how we went for for two and a half three years so what kind of setup is the big boy system now how much uh, what all do you have there so we have a 15 barrel system, uh, and then we have six 30 barrel fermenters uh, to start out with, and a 30 barrel bright. So, um, yeah, we brew twice for a double batch. Anything we're canning, a few other things that you know uh, that were draft only. But you know, we so we can go between single or double batches. But it's 30 30 barrel fermenters. Uh, how often are you brewing? Are you doing every day? Well, right now. You know, pretty much everything's on a three-week turnaround time, and we have six fermenters. So we try to brew twice every week and package twice every week. Cool. Do you have – I mean, I saw when we walked up, but uh, somebody's asking, Doug, um, do you have outdoor seating during this beautiful weather? We have a uh, a good amount of outdoor seating. There was two or three – no, probably four or five. Wasn't there tables out there? Yep. Yeah, right out on the sidewalk. uh, I thought somebody left their crowler behind. But you guys have the crowd on the table with the uh, with the QR code. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. was like, somebody just left their crowd over Oh, I was going to take that on the way home. <laughs> so, um, what would you say are your goals with brewing beer moving forward? Well, um, you know, I've I've definitely got a lot of areas in which I am trying to to improve. Um, you know we've we've got a really great brewing team uh my guys are learning a lot and uh they've got some great ideas that we're looking to to implement um and you know i i think the collaborative side of everything is really what's been exciting me more recently and it's not just me sitting there brewing three three batches of something i've brewed four times just to try to get out to more things you know i get a, a great group of guys to you know, we talk about beer all day long while working our butts off. And um, that that's what has been, you know, the the most fulfilling part of it for me right now. And, and also with our tap room, you know, with our retail side, uh, everyone over there is really great in the beer. And they come over and brew with us certain days. They come over and they go, look, we had this great idea. And it, it's exciting because it's like, I know that's what our customers want. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, you know, we, we bring them in and they're part of the process. So... Um, you know, as far as for, for myself though, I mean, uh, 
you know, I would love to to brew kind of lagers and eventually get into more complex sours. Yeah. Um, I always wanted to to uh, my my dream was always to do a like a lambic blendery. Yeah. And you know, it's cool that you know in the last six years, you know, some American brewers even in the area are doing that right now. Yeah. But I've always kind of wanted to, to move out to like northern Chester County and have a little barn full of barrels and just taste them and blend them all day and, and have someone else make the wort. And and that was kind of always a dream of mine. I don't know if I'll ever get there, but but uh, that, that's kind of a long That sounds goal. incredible. It yeah. sounds nice. It um, sounds too nice to even think about it, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like... I've, I've, I've heard that 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 there's such a thing exists you know that that there are people doing things like that mm-hmm. but uh yeah i don't know man it I, sounds like a good retirement you yeah know? maybe i just i i love lambics um shout out to uh, to animated you know animated brewing in coatesville yeah. Oh, yeah those guys are great yeah they're, they're fantastic guys they, they just did a pale ale and used the philly sour um yeast mm-hmm. and the shit to me mm-hmm. tastes kind of like a lambic like it was really cool how they pulled that off yeah. And so it was a really, really cool beer. But, uh, dude, I, I don't know. We all geek over Lambics, and we do, like, our little Belgian days and have a few of those. And um, I just love having, like, a Dre Fontaine in the fridge and, you know, cracking one. You know, I, I usually always have one in the fridge and just wait for, like, a decent occasion to crack one. But I can't get enough. Yeah, when you can get your hands on them. Yeah. That, well, that's what's nice is they, at least recently, I think I read something that whoever brings that from overseas is either went out of business yeah, or... Shelton. Yeah, right? So, um, but I don't know, man. I used to stop at like, uh, is it Kunda or Kunda beverage? You know, yeah. like uh, when I was on my way home from Philly, I would hop off the expressway quick and slide in there. They always had those on the shelves. You could just grab a, a cuvee or a, uh, you know, the goose, whatever. Like they just always have stuff on the shelf. You just got to pick one. You all, you've never said Kunda or Kunda. I always say both. You always say both. <laughs> just pick one and just go for it. And I, just I need to ask, like I just need to ask them. It. Yeah. I just need to but ask you got, them. Do you know what it is officially? It's Kiunda. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's option C. Something. <laughs> yeah. The K is silent. It's actually Kunda. Right, oh, I think talking about collaborations is, is a good segue here into this little one. Do you have the – you don't have the deeper here, do you? Or is that is that, yep. that one? Yep. So, so tell us about this beer, um, not only what it is as a beer, but um, you were telling me that it was a collaboration with somebody, and how does that work? Yeah, so um, this is our first collab that we have done on in our new brewery. Um, this is, a, we've rebrewed uh, some collabs that we had previously done as a nano. Uh, this is with uh, a buddy of mine, Dan McKenna, he has a a jerky company called Dan Good Jerky. Uh, the, he does a lot of pop-up dinners uh, the, uh, in media, but he's local to Westchester. I wonder if, if I've... That name sounds so familiar. It might just be a familiar name, but, like, I wonder if I've seen him... Well, he does a lot of the razzles on, like, online the, the wine or, and bottle... Uh, uh, I stay away from those. Things, that's, but, that's danger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? So, but he... Uh, no, he. Uh, we were doing beer dinners together ten years ago at the restaurant I was working at, and I really didn't understand uh, flavors and how they interacted. And I kind of always felt that that was something that, you know, when brewers are making these beers, they're all just kind of like, well, what if we tried this? You know, especially, you know, ten years ago and before. Um, 
you know, if, if you look at, at the evolution of a lot of our styles and you go, you know, we had IPAs just loaded with caramel malt for 20 years. Right. Why were we doing that from a flavor perspective? It was because we could. And, no, you know, why would, why would a chef ever put caramel with citrus and pine? Sure. Like, I never, you know, and, and I... Uh, a yeah, lot from of, that perspective, it's completely different, right? Yeah, and if you look where everything's going, it's going away from from all that crystal malt yep. and then IPA. And it, it's great to have an old school West Coast IPA that that's that's um, that's clean and crisp and, and not what you've been drinking, and it brings you back to when you got into craft beer. But that's why I like drinking those is because they bring me back to what got me into craft beer, not right. because of the flavors are actually better than than the you know yeah. some of the newer stuff. So um, anyway, I always, I just kind of always felt like you know there's really not a, a huge uh, knowledge base of professional brewers of like why are we putting you know why are we doing a Belgian stout you know the one year that was like the rage and then it was Belgian IPA and you know black IPA and whatever it, and uh, and white IPA and it's just like well these flavors don't really necessarily go they're interesting but they're they're not necessarily what what you would put this together culinarily sure so anyway he i I learned a lot from him about that and we've kind of stayed in touch over the years and he's gotten way more into beer yeah when before we did those beer dinners he was a wine guy so um so he's definitely well he still drinks plenty of wine but but sure so we uh i had him out here and 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 i said look like you know we can do uh we can do a collab based off of something interesting you want to try or, and I, I said, look, I know you don't know the first thing about brewing an IPA, but I, was, I said, I'd rather our brewing team put together something uh, off of what I've learned from you as a, as a chef and sure. what, what I hope that everyone else here is learning, you know, for me of, of what, what you've taught me. And uh, so, so we put this together and, and uh, one of the, the big things about it, so it's Citra, um, it's dry hop with Citra and then experimental one three four five nine. One three four five nine. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> and I find one three four five eight just to be just a little off. But the <laughs> nine, yeah, no, we switched it over to the nine. But yeah, we, um, uh, I actually reached out to a hop, purve- you know, uh, uh, purveyor, and and said, look, like, what does no one know about that? That if you were brewing, you know, the the guy is an ex brewer, and I said, if you really knew. You know what would get you would say that no one no one really knows about it. and he was like he was like this is the good stuff you know it's yeah. it's not even that expensive and and he said he said make sure you get some before before we sell out and uh the notes that they generally give off of it are strawberry and then peach and then some citrus mm. and you know just you know the, I was really excited we did that with citra uh we got about hundred and twelve pounds of hops in this one holy crap. So, um, and, uh, you know, and we were, we've still been dialing in our New England IPA recipe and, and we're really happy. It's about nine and a half percent. So is this like your, your basic rec- recipe, but just trying the different hops out? Well, we, as far as the malt and everything? Yeah, we haven't done anything. We, we've been flipping around on the malt since, since we opened the, um, since we've gotten into this space and we pretty much, this is pretty much the first time we've, we've got it back to exactly where we want it. Um, yeah, this beer is fantastic, by the way. Did you sip it yet? I did. It's very nice. Holy crap. It's funny the way you were describing, talking about, you know, just thinking of it from a culinary standpoint is I don't think a lot of people are thinking that way. Yeah. And it, 
it, it actually, as you were talking about it, you know, why do we do certain things? You know, what, I always go back to the to the bitterness wars of like 2010 to like 2012, and it was like, I have to make this the most bitter beer that I can actually. The IBUs must be over a hundred. Like, why did we do that? Do we really like that? I guess we did at the time, but now knowing what we know now, it seems kind of silly. It seems very silly, I should say. Yeah, I do. I do like going back and having the West Coast and, and something that that I've had that's that's very bitter and, and even and even clear and has that amber color and that's great, you yeah. know. But but I mean, more. I I think I don't know. Not not everybody agrees on this, but I mean, you the 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 New England IPAs to me are much more palatable to more people. Except for Taylor. Uh, yeah, except for Taylor. <laughs> Taylor is our producer who is uh, not here with us. He's uh, making a new YouTube series as we speak. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I let's put it this way. You know, let's say your your uh, your grandmother, your mom was a terrible cook, but that's what you grew up with, right? You know, and and uh, you made you, you liked it because you you grew up with it and you you grew to love it, and that's I think that's why I like to go back to a lot of those styles because they're yeah. comforting and a little uh, nostalgia and and yeah it's just it's it's kind of what what your palate came up on and and what you're used to but I, I don't know i think a lot of people give heat to the new england ipas for being like i mean what like a quick turnaround and too expensive and all of these things to brew and i mean you you can't deny that it gives you an incredible experience as far as the the flavors and um, what what you can do with the hops when you're when you're dry hopping and you're getting all that juice and the tropical notes and citrus and things like that out of it, I mean, I don't know. I think the the people that that bag on them are more bagging on the fact that they just are oversaturated. And when you can offer the New England with the West Coast, with the the candy Bach, with the Pilsner, with the other stuff, I think it's great. Yeah, you know, that's to the, have that all the colors of the spectrum in there. I think that is probably the winning formula because the people that that do it too i mean sometimes i mean and they do great where you know twice a week they're coming out with a new new england ipa if it's actually new right just something else with a different label the same beer with a different name yeah but um yeah i don't know i think i think i like people that can balance things and they can have the new england's that that will sell and, and that i love but then I also love a great Pilsner. I love trying something new like a, a Bach or a, a Schwartz or just whatever, you know, some kind of different type of lager, some stouts. Not a, Probably won't get me on a porter. Probably not. You need your stout to be Motor. over 15% and thick as, <laughs> thick as night. What's the, what's the name of this one? Uh, this is called Dan Good Beer. It's uh, named after there's a play on his uh, jerky, Dan Good Jerky. Cool. I and, like it. And it's going to be on tap tomorrow? It's going to be on tap tomorrow. So, we're so just if you're watching, people. it'll be on tap tomorrow. But if you're listening <laughs> it, to the podcast, it's on tap today. Unless you're watching the Facebook live video on Saturday, in which case it was tapped yesterday. It'll be available in cans April 14th along with uh, the borough uh, for the first time in cans. And then uh, we're having a 6.8% uh, single hopped IPA. Uh, New England with just strata, cool. so that'll be re- that'll be canned on Tuesday as well, ready for sale Friday and into the stores. It's uh, called Highway to the Flavor Cone. Cool. And oh, the, nice. <laughs> the borough is the Pilsner. The borough is the Pilsner. Yeah. Do you 
Do you have canning line here, or do you bring one in? We bring one in. That's a. I was. I just think that it's crazy to think that that that's a business to me. But but I mean that that equipment's got to be so expensive. And I'd also like to see what the rig is that pulls up, pulling this thing and yeah, pulls it in. Come your, out Tuesday, and <laughs> we'll see it. Actually, if you were here earlier today, so um, just just real. The, our obviously Levante has been great to us. Yeah, uh, it, it, being here in town and yep. uh, been lending us ingredients, equipment, everything like that. Uh, tomorrow, artillery is opening next door to us. Uh, literally tomorrow, and uh, I don't so, know anything about artillery. Yeah, so uh, I know they're Sean, opening like right there. Yep. So, so uh, their front door is at our back door, and they had a canning line today, and um, uh, they're making some great stuff. Sean's a really knowledgeable guy, and you know we've been back and forth borrowing a cup of sugar since they started brewing and uh, we're really excited to have them as neighbors as well yeah, well yeah i mean i guess that's good that you're buddies but i mean if your back door if it's like right there i mean does that bother you at all to have like another tap room so close or i mean no. is that gonna is it, i mean geez i mean it's the right town for so, it yeah so how far away do you live I live in Downingtown. It took us, what, like 18, 19 minutes to get yep. here? All right. Well, I mean, consider how many people live 18, 19 minutes away, and uh, they could park on this side of town and hit up one new brewery or one brewery they really like, or they could park right here and they could hit up two and maybe walk into town. I mean, that that's a great point. I mean, that, that brings more people to this side of the town for, for, for having, like, you know, for a bar experience. Yeah. I, I can't imagine if I'm going someplace... And I, even if I'm traveling a little bit, say I'm going to Hershey or something with the family. So, oh, I'm going to stop off and try to get a four-pack from these guys. And there's another guy across the parking lot. I'm going to go to both. Like, sure. It's going to happen. Great point. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean that, 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 that's a fantastic point. If if I'm going to go see a brewery and there's, t- like, one right there. That's, I'm going to both. Yeah. yeah. And we're only two blocks from Sterling Pig's Tap Room. Uh, here in Westchester, mm, okay, yep. You know, we're there's plenty of great beer bars in town between you know, sidebar and um, split rail and and everything. So we we've got a Westchester's a great destination for for craft beer lovers, and it's nice to have another one on the west side of town right next to us. I mean, it's been a while since I've come into town, but I can't think of a time that I came into town and just went to one place. Yeah. You know, you go to sidebar and then you walk down the street to this place yeah. or that place and, you know, whatever. Maybe you'll remember. What was the name of the bar that was, like, there? Oh, someone was just telling me about it the other day. I'm, I mean... I was trying... I'm, I asked in our chat and I can't remember the name of it. It was this, like, super dive kind of place. Yeah. No, someone was just, someone was just telling me about it the other day, but I, I wasn't familiar with it. Anybody in the chat, the uh, bar that used to be down near Hanamav, it was on Gay Street. They had Gay like, and Wayne. They almost. had like a like a jazz night one Rex's? time. Was it Rex's? Yeah. That, it was Rex's. Yep. That's what Evan said. Shout out, Evan. Yeah, yep. shout out, Evan. I remember going to Rex's and seeing a jazz band play the Night Court theme song. <laughs> for at least an hour and a half. Yeah, you got you got three or four Rexes uh, immediately. At least I know the chat is paying attention. Yeah, they are. So I just I, 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 I will think I never ever went to Rexes. I, mean, I will never forget that night of just these guys jamming on this thirty-two bar song for an hour and a half. I would love to walk into that. You know this guy? Yeah, Vince. Vince saying, "I'll see you tomorrow, oh, yeah, Dan." Yeah, yeah. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> that Vince is awesome. Yeah, we um, uh, one of my best like brewery memories is I walked into Odell's in Fort Collins, and there was uh, three ladies playing in a band, all three of them on cellos, and we took. You know, I'm, I'm really excited to get to Odell's for the first time. This is like ten years ago. I walk in, and they're playing the theme song to Fraggle Rock on three cellos, and I was like, this is going to be a good day. You know? right. See, my I have one of those. We went on a brewery tour in Philly. It was like some Groupon thing. And we were in these um, like buses without the sides, like trolleys, I guess. Yeah. And it was during the summertime. And we went to the first place. It was, uh, I don't even remember the name of it. It's not there anymore. Second Story? Second Story is there now. It was Triumph. It was Triumph. It was Triumph. We left Triumph and we were going to the German spot on South Street. Help me out. Uh, Brow Schmitz. Brow Schmitz. <laughs> and for some reason, I'm just, uh, it's like Mad Libs with my yeah, story. Yeah, right. I want to yeah. tell the story. I feel like I'm on a quiz show. To give me the <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, our tour guide put on the best of Ace of Bass. <laughs> we are screaming, I saw the sign, driving in this right. <laughs> All drunk oh, up. That's amazing. Going down the South Street for no reason. Like, right. why did we. Ace of Base? Why? Why <laughs> did this person put Ace of Base on? But it was just like the coolest thing at the time. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, um, what did I have here? All right. So, somebody that wants to open up a brewery, what would you say to somebody that wants to open up their one space one day? Do you have any advice or wisdom? Or anything like that um, that that you that, that you wish somebody would have told you. Oh, I I feel like everything everyone told me um, to do this, you're gonna have to ignore everything that they tell you, and be prepared to sacrifice a lot more than you could have ever imagined. And uh, even when you, I mean, some I'm sure people that that are smarter than I am and and uh, better at this won't have as much trouble as I did but if I listened to anyone this never would have happened and uh, pretty much even the people that I would you know the few people I would always go to for advice at some point all kind of told me um, except for my mom uh, but pretty much everyone else at some point said you know hey this isn't going to happen or or something like that or, or Maybe a little polite, more politely. What's your backup plan? Right. With the way things are going. And um, I kind of had to shut off all logic. Right. And just go, you know, if I don't, if I don't do this, um, you know, what was this all for? And I guess I kind of got lucky that it all worked out. But uh, it was... You know, I, I would say if I listened to anybody, this wouldn't have happened. And um, and if it ever entered in my mind that this wasn't going to happen, it wouldn't have. That's crazy, man, because, like, you know, it's your dream. It's your passion. It's what you want to do. And, and so many people, you say, you know, like, like we talked about earlier, it, you know, people could say to you, man, it's oversaturated. It's this. It's that. It's, it's too expensive in Westchester or... You know, people want to go to dive bars or just party on, you know, Miller Lights and Bud Lights or whatever. Like, I'm sure you probably heard a million things like that. Um, and, it, and it's so crazy to think about. Like, I just think about anybody that's trying to, like, 
follow their dream or get ahead. You know what I mean? There, there's, there's people that are going to tell you this or that. And, and to think that, you know, you, you put your blinders on and said, there's my goal and I'm going to find my way there one way or another. It's, I don't know. To me, it's, it's powerful. And to do it during COVID to me is just insane. Insanity. Insanity. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think that uh, that might be one of the best answers we've got to that question. It might be. And it might be the first time you've asked that question. No, I think I, I, think I ask that pretty often. As soon as you I know, started talking, I was like, I should shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, 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 uh, I, I usually throw that question into Brewers for the fam guys. Because that, that was like one of their early things that they, they shot to me as like a question to ask to one of the Brewers. And I always try to throw that on there if possible. So don't listen to anybody. Yeah, don't listen I mean, to me. I mean, if, if you want my advice, it'd be, it'd be don't do it. And then if you really want to uh-huh. do it, don't listen to me. Because it, it's, it's uh, you, you never imagine the obstacles that come up and what you have to give up to, to get there. But, you know, I, last few months, a lot of people have come to me and said, you finally, you know, made this happen. And uh, how excited are you? And... Maybe until a few, you know, we've been open, we're coming up on five months on Tuesday and, you know, there's been a few times where I've said, this is great and I don't, I don't know if it's been worth it. And I'm finally, and I said, I think at some point I hope, I hope to, to decisively say that it has, but I'm just getting there now. And, uh, it's, I'm really excited for where we're going as everything's opened up, but the first four months, I was just like, I don't know. I, I kind of gave up everything to do this. And yeah. I don't, it's great that it paid off, but it still wasn't sure if it was worth what I've put into it. Man. Uh, and honestly, five months isn't that long to get to that point. So I'm glad you got to that point in five months. Yeah, I think I'm there. So I wonder, <laughs> yeah, I wonder if anybody's just like, man, this, is, this was just the fucking greatest idea. I opened my doors and I'm just like, Paying bills and making money and building a new house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I well, know. I mean, and I mean, our, our, you know, our sales have been great. Everyone's loved the beer. Uh, this is not just like, like, okay, this is like a starter home or whatever. This is my dream brewery. I mean, I yeah. love how it's laid out. I love our tap room. I love our team. Uh, and, and it's it's kind of my dream bar and brewery of what I would love to go to. And it's I'm just I'm kind of getting there now. We're just like, like now this is this is really getting to be amazing and, and i'm happy we did it I'm, I'm glad that you're at that point um and one of the things that brought us here not the only thing but one of the things was our friend rob over here who's off cram camera hanging out with us he was bugging me to get over here and i normally don't like to get to breweries within a year i really like to let them get in get their equipment get their stuff dialed in you guys taste like a brewery that have been open for close to a year i I, it, this it feels more fantastic. dialed in. That New England IPA was was fire and stands up with anybody else that's out there. That sour completely blew my mind. Like I'm just thinking that I, I, I don't know how it's gonna work and it works so much better than I thought. It's a fantastic beer. And then I mean the Pilsner is just incredible. I love the the the, the, the bitterness coming through with those hops, but it's still crushable. These beers are are dialed in to me. And taste incredible, and I and I love that that you're this young, uh, of a brewery in a space, and and are already pulling these beers off. I can't wait to try a couple more. Great job. Now, you're you're talking about how this is your dream space. Let's try to paint the picture for somebody that wants to come here and enjoy 
and try your beers for the first time. Um, it's incredible that there's parking spaces in Westchester Borough. That, that to me is just like incredible that you have that. So that's a, that's an instant benefit uh, to your space. But tell us about like how you set up the tap room and, and the food that you have available and, and what kind of experience you're going for. Well, I mean, I it, it kind of came up to I finally realized it after we opened. But I've you know I bartended for for almost ten years. I worked uh, you know pretty much every job in the front of the house in a restaurant. All my best friends are chefs. Um, you know, my brother was a chef, and uh, the way we put together and and I you know I've spent all of my free time as much as I could for for the last 15 years in breweries and uh i didn't really realize um you know until uh, just seeing how everything kind of came out and working in all these breweries that this was laid out like how i would have always hoped it you know would have been so um you know it's it's the brewery experience that that i've always wanted is kind of what we're trying to provide well so talk about the food too so like you know when i was looking at what you have available um, it's kind of like borderline. Is it a full restaurant menu versus is it you know something that's just like small plates? Yeah. Well, we tell me what you, how you guys did that approach. Well, we've definitely always been like you know it's a brewery. We're going to go limited, but but try to make it as good as we can. And um, we're, we're definitely on a working on a limited menu until we get to full capacity. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the kitchen's set up for kind of an appetizer sandwich side and for a pizza side Mm -hmm. and the focus has definitely been on the pizza um do you uh, have any part in that yeah uh it's my dough recipe um our our staff is great though they they uh other than the 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 bread side um and we're i'm going to start baking some more bread here but uh but uh you know we've got a good kitchen staff and there's a good group of people that are probably watching and that are going to listen that are part of this little uh, pizza group that we've started where like we're just we started making our uh, like doughs on our own and, mm-hmm. and just trying to actually make great homemade pizza. Do you have any tips or anything that you could provide to the people that, that are trying to make a good dough at home? Do you have did you find any tricks or anything that you specifically can think of as like this is my little twist on a traditional pizza dough that I think makes it great? Well, I mean, I got I get into pizza through baking bread through four. You know, my first uh, thing was more forkishes uh, stuff, and I, I'll tell you what, every uh, brewer that I know that's been like a career brewer, we get together, we talk about pizza. That's all we talk about. Really, baking pizza. They've all got pizza ovens. <laughs> um, I feel like it's either pizza or smoking meats or both or both. Yeah, that's how I you mean, get the the extra 40 pounds only during COVID. yeah i mean i love i love smoking meats i would say for for brewers specifically uh the bread side is always you know I, a baker has way more in common with a brewer than he does with a chef it's it's, it's not more of the close. science it's yeah you, you, what you're putting in it has to be right for it to come out right you once it's going in that's it you can't yeah. Yeah. Dial, you can't add some salt you can't now the skill set and and really what what goes into to the uh, working as a baker it it's very much what gets a brewer interested in making beer. That, that's why, for one, I don't think I could ever really be a good brewer because I love to cook and I love just being like, oh, the, you know, let me 
paste that. Let me throw this in, throw that in, and just kind of do things on the fly. And, and then when, when I'm trying to make pancakes or cupcakes or something like that, and you can't get like, like you have to have everything as like a structured recipe of this is going to work because of that. And there's this in, in there to, to get this effect. It's a completely different ball game. And, and I feel like baking and cooking are, are, are completely separate. You know what I mean? But, but I get that. I've, I've never really thought about it that way, but I really do get that, um, that analogy there or that comparison that, you know, a baker for sure probably has so much more in common and, and i love to hear that there's a lot of you brewers that are that are doing pizza or, or that like pizza because i know that I, I don't know i've just fallen in love with the whole process yeah well i mean you start brewing i mean it's you don't want to go home and think about that you, i mean sometimes you do and you can't stop but sure but if you're looking for something to get away and that's your brain's already kind of working on that level so uh, no, I, I hang out with when I hang out with brewers, especially ones I know that are, are pizza makers. That that's what we that's what we get into. Nice. You know? What what was this one? The extra um, IPA you brought up? Do you remember? That was the that was more of the double IPA. Oh, some the same one. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I thought maybe it might be something different. I was like, regardless, it's delicious. I haven't had it yet. I, no. I actually, as as we were talking, I was I was realizing that I don't have any beer left for toast of the week. Oh shit. Let me I know who my toast is, though. I got it now. Yeah, you got it. You want to do? You want to get it, we, Taylor? I don't have a sounder to hit. Taylor, can you stop making YouTube shows and give us a sounder for? Just give us a thirty toast minutes of the week. That's all I need is a sounder. Well, Make, we, we've been doing this 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 segment for what nine months? Something like that. Have Jackie sing something. Put a little Reevee rant. He's got a sounder. Yeah, right. What is that about? Can't get a toast of the week sounder. Reevee puts in a little bit more work than us, maybe. Possibly. Maybe. I don't know. Possibly. Do you want to start or do you want me to go? Uh, well, let's explain to our guests what Toast of the Week is. So, yeah, sure thing. Toast of the Week. Do you want to toast somebody in your family? Do you want to toast your TV show that you're watching? Do you want to heat toast somebody? Whatever Ooh. you got, you give them a little toast. John, lead us off. All right. So, my, my Toast of the Week is going to be to the man sitting right over there, Rob... Rob, um, not only are you um, becoming part of the podcast family, but you have um, you were actually on my brother's podcast, Might Be News, and you told this incredible story about the things that you've been through in your life, um, overcoming cancer. Hopefully, I think you weren't you're almost there, but but very close. But um, just a, an incredible listen, an incredible story. Um, really opened my eyes to just like how important it is for. You know, not only, you know, I, the little narrative that was kind of playing throughout the whole podcast was like men need to stop having this attitude of like, I don't need to go to the doctor. I don't, um, you know, I, it, this macho thing that, that's keeping you from doing things that you do when you get older, you know, with the, the doctor procedures and things that people don't like to talk about or things that can happen. And, and the way that you were just so candid and open about it, I really appreciated. Um, it's literally made me like, go find a, a primary care physician and and just try to get that whole ball rolling with with things but it was it was so cool to hear somebody just level with you like you would hope somebody would like a good friend you're sitting having a great beer and just like man you, you know this is really important you need to pay attention it, it was fantastic great work by you thank you for everything that you're doing for the network but also just telling your story and sharing with everybody so that is my toast of the week rob toast. thank you 
it's a great story. I'm still busting you tomorrow at poker. <laughs> it's happening. As far as I know, Ron Crowd opened 11 6, not 11 13. Oh, well, it did for, for Rob. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Dan, yeah. Dan, do you have anybody you uh, you got you want to toast there? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I uh, probably have to be my my team here. That, yeah. Uh, you know, we got everything we needed to do this week and the week before, and, and to to move forward. Um, Jonah, Scott, um, Kelly, Brian, Tyler, and uh, Kevin, um, and just you know, making their, their dreams come true here. I've been really, really feeling great to be here so. yeah man how awesome to have a great staff but cheers to them awesome. cheers Good to the crew sense. man what a feeling man i um i want to say it was four years ago about that uh that, that i became you know self-employed and and kind of had to do my own thing and it was like the scariest thing i ever did luckily i had like some kind of safety net a little bit but like that helped me get through and find my way but uh Man, like, what a tough thing to go through, and and, the, and then to finally have that feeling like, all right, this is gonna be okay. We're we're we're, we're th- this is gonna work. It's working. It's working enough to, okay, this is really working, and, and and getting to that point of just being comfortable and happy with what you're doing every day. Like, I I, I, I guess I kind of know the feeling, and um, man, it's just on a completely different level. You know, having a employees in a, in a business and things like that you know rent to pay or, or a lease payment or whatever it is but man what an what an incredible story to to just you know go through so much and to finally feel like uh you're, you're on the other end thank you uh, yeah man definitely um can i can i tell my my rob story real quick yeah go Get ahead yeah so we canned off uh our first batch of beer and we were not ready to open as a tap room Okay. And I was just manning the bar for a few nights, and we were just doing takeout only with our first two beers. So uh, these two guys walk in, and they kind of sit down. And I'm like, hey, uh, you here for some takeout beer? And they just looked at me. They're like, we just Ubered here. And I was like, <laughs> well, we're not open. Uh, you can't you can't hang out. Uh, you know, do you, do you want one of our beers? And uh, so Rob, Rob goes to the bathroom, and Vince... Just goes, look, man, he's got cancer. Can we hang out? And I was like, you didn't need to say that. Like, we, you could have just said, let's party. But I was like, yeah. So we went on a brewery tour, and we hung out all night. I ended up sleeping here, actually. I didn't. I can't Uber back to media, you know, as, as easily as you guys. Have. And uh, no, we had a great night and learned a lot about each other. And that that was my first night meeting Rob, and we. Uh, we we really had a great time. Oh, that's and awesome! It was it was like the perfect you know every other night that we had been selling our beer, people would people would take the cans and they leave. Yeah, yeah. And there was no like interaction or feedback in right, right. school. And like that was the first night where it's like I'm doing this, and right? it was him. <laughs> so, that's awesome. Yeah, I yeah. bet. Man, what a what, what a story! It reminds me of uh, what's that what's that movie with uh, Seth Rogen and um, Jason. Jordan Levitt guy, you know what I'm talking about? Joseph Gordon. 50-50. Yeah, yeah, 50-50. I didn't see that. What is that? It's just like, I don't know. I remember like him and his buddy were, uh, were, were like, the one guy's got cancer and they go around. He's like, hey, like, uh, my buddy's got stage four back cancer or just something <laughs> crazy, like something random. And they just did try to like hook up with chicks and, um, you know, get in a war dogs. That was the first one that came to mind. Yeah, no, reason. not that one. But <laughs> that's still that's still funny, man. That's a good wingman to have with you. 
Like, hey, we're partying. Good stuff. I should have let you tell that story after my toast. I don't want to bring it down with the toast a little bit, but I have to. We had a first at my house last night. We had our first hamster funeral. Oh, no. My daughter discovered her hamster uh, had passed to the other side last night. It was a rough was night that? last night. Wh- which one? Uh, Abigail. Uh-huh. Uh, the younger. She took it a little hard. Yeah. But we got a toast to Tater Tot the hamster. <laughs> tater Tot. <laughs> yeah. Tater Tot. He was a good hamster February 4th to April 7th. <laughs> <laughs> but here's to you, Tater Tot. We uh, There's a shallow grave in the back <laughs> for Tater Tot. It was a... It was a Family, uh, family only ceremony. Cheers! I don't have a, a good sounder. I guess yeah. we're just going to give a round of applause for Tater Tot. That's all you really got. So R.I.P. Tater Tot. All right, with the last uh, last minute or so here, Dan. Um, anything you want to plug? Anything that's new or exciting for you that, that's going to be happening here? Things that people can look forward to. We, we'll turn the mic over to you and and just promote anything you'd like to. Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of new beers that were that are in the tanks uh, that we're really excited for. We're tapping a new, at least one new beer every Friday, and That's awesome. uh, we're really excited to finally get our flagship in cans uh, next week, along with that IPA and double IPA. Yeah. So, so uh, no, we're going to be really try to expand, um, you know, our our on premise, you know, uh, presence in the Philly and the suburbs. Nice. Uh, starting next week. So, good stuff, man. Anything you got, Steve? I just I just gave it all. I'm still a little. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 gonna hard. To, it's gonna be hard to rebound from that one. I understand. Coming I understand. Back from tater tot. We still have. Uh, luckily, we still have punk. The other hamster is still nice. moving on. Yeah. The, all right. That, that hamster was originally named Tabasco, which I liked as a name a lot better than punk. Punk. Yeah. I like Tabasco, Tabasco. I thought was yeah, a really yeah, yeah. good. I'm already combining Tabasco and tater tots uh, anyway. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Been yeah. Great. <laughs> it would have been great. And then my no, I want to change it to punk. I was like, oh, whatever. Well, it is what it is. Well, I mean, Dan. Um, first off, thank you so much for yes. for being a part of the show and and being on with us and and allowing us to come into your space and do everything. Um, what a blast this has been. It's so cool to be here and have the, um, you know, the, the, the tanks behind us. This is such a cool setting and you were just a, a very, uh, gracious and amazing host. So thank you so much for everything. But, uh, come check them out. Yeah, guys. I mean, get up here to Westchester stuff's opening up. People are getting shots in their arms. Yeah. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, guys, if you took the time to hang out with us, if you were in the chat, if you're listening to us on the podcast platforms, we really appreciate you. Make sure you're following us on, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we, we started a TikTok. We are on YouTube. Search MBN Network. Oh, we have the MBN Network app now. Go yeah, to app. go to your your you know your Apple Store if that's what you do, app or the store. Google Play Store. Look up uh, MBN Network and find the app. The shows are there. The videos are there. We've got merch. Uh, everything that you could pro- you could want is there and, and ready for you. So um, if you took the time to hang out with us, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Uh, what's coming up? We've got two weeks. East Branch yep. in Downingtown. We're going we'll back to, with East Branch. Going back to East Branch. We've got uh, the Beer Discovery app coming up. And then Brewers Roundtable. Brewers Roundtable is coming up too. So... A lot of exciting stuff. Make sure you're staying tuned and and following us uh, on all those social media platforms so that you can stay informed and know what's coming up. But uh, again, thank you so much for hanging out, and we will see you next time.